Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Matthew Lynn. We recorded this earlier this week at my home in Portland, Oregon. I just announced a workshop series, so head on over to CameronDeWitt.com store, linked in the show notes, to sign up for Old Time Songs Part 2. Now, do you have to have participated in Part 1 to sign up for Part 2? Not at all. We're just learning a new batch of old time songs. If that sounds fun to you, Sign up now while it's on sale. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with this week's guest, but first here's my interview and jam with Matthew Lynn. Enjoy. the ability to count to two temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Lynn, welcome to Get Up in the Core. Thank you, and thanks very much for having me. It's, uh, yeah, unexpected, but lovely to be here. What did we just play? That was Wandering Boy, which I learned from the Adam Hurt rendition. Yeah. With the advantage of frets. And that kind of, so, yeah, cheating, really. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it is so frustrating to listen to him sometimes because hate, hate listening to him oh god <laughs> you know he's playing these fretless banjos and it's like you're literally on like the the nanometer of <laughs> yeah. of this note it's like every note is like tuned uh it's yeah, so it's quite bizarre incredible. yeah and 
That is a full compliment. To be clear, I am obsessed with Adam Bird's playing. Yeah, I've, I, I had a gourd banjo briefly after being inspired, and I played it for a little bit, and I was like, no, no. <laughs> Need to focus, can't do this. <laughs> Bail. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted, but it was not to be. So I met you because I made this very controversial Facebook post um, which I try not to do anymore, and I didn't think I was doing this at the time, but uh, this wasn't an identitarian post. This was a, uh, a post about how I received, I inherited a banjo. It was an old, uh, like a, a jazz, jazz banjo, you know, four string, uh, from my, I think, second cousin's ex-wife. Um, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, you know, I was just like, I, I think I want to get a neck made for this because um, I know that's a thing that people do with four-string banjo pots. going to sit in a box. And yeah, and it's like, I, don't, I love that style of music. If I'm going to practice and learn something else other than getting deeper into clawhammer banjo, I'm going to work on my fiddling, I'm going to work mm. on my guitar playing. Yeah. I don't have time in my life. I have kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't have Same time in my life. life. You, you know, to, full stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would think that that would be very understandable. Anyway, people were like, there's plectrum playing in old time. You should learn it. Don't defile this vintage instrument <laughs> as if this isn't the thing that like the most coveted, you know, banjos are like conversions, you know, often of these right. vintage pots. You I, know, I like, don't follow the whole scene, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a, such a present. Anyway, yeah. There's so much uh, pe people getting like mad <laughs> on this right. post. I, I just my my friend Corbin nudged me and said, "Hey, did you see this? Cameron wants someone to make a net. You should do it." And I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm kind of like a nobody, but okay." And I was like, "I make banjos in my garage. I can make a net." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you reached out to me and you were like, "I'll I'll do it for a very reasonable price as long as you don't mind when you get it." And I was like, "That's." <laughs> I don't need another banjo right now. Boy, was that yeah. <laughs> that turns out to be true. It, it was right. It was right on time. Right when I needed it. Right before Christmas. It was lovely. I had gave me something to do over the holidays. I uh, just got it a few weeks ago. I just took it out for its first performance, oh, okay. public performance last night. I was Did playing Isabel Damon at the uh, um, the like Winter Lights thing downtown. They're trying oh, to nice. revitalize downtown, <laughs> right? Uh, ostensibly. Good. Uh, I think they should, this event was great though. And, and I got to just like fully just jam on this instrument yeah. and, and I had such a great time. Um, the neck that you made is so, so fun to play. Great. It was just obviously so interesting to everyone watching. They're like, what is this shiny, like <laughs> brass, you know, thing that's that, and there's no distinct notes. It's like the opposite of Adam. It's all smears, <laughs> you know? And like, you know, it was like the perfect, like, like, what's going on over here instrument, yeah. you know, just like attention grabber. And it was so fun to play and to perform with. And, uh, nice. I'm glad yeah. so well. it's really weird to see it here in your house. Cause it's sat in my house for <laughs> yeah. so long. I realized I had this in like February, I think. And it's almost Christmas. Like, damn, they get on with it. But yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. There's a lot of, I mean, a lot of stuff on there that I haven't done before because it's an older banjo. The way the neck attaches to the body is kind of the old style. Um, dowel stick which is you know like a stick that is actually glued solidly into the bottom of the neck and goes right through and most you know a lot of contemporary old-time banjos use that but I 
I basically copied what I do off my my own, which is right here. And I believe for full for everyone getting their their dues, I believe Ohm copied it from Jason Romero. Oh, okay. Kind of yeah. Came up with this. I mean, you know, having two bolts on the bottom of the neck is not new, and I think your your Ohm has that. But I think what he did, which is new, is having one of them be just this wooden stick with a thread in it, and then the bolt. Yeah. The so I think this pattern came from him. So thanks, Jason. Um, yeah, so I hadn't done that before, so I had to learn that. I ended up going to finding this friend of a friend of a friend who had a drill big enough that I could do the thing on the rod. And um, yeah, so that was fun. Made a new friend that way. It was cool. And then the brass plate, I hadn't done that before either. So that was mostly about testing glues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had a... Uh, an interesting and fun time yeah, trying like to figure out how to do six that. Six yeah. different glues and yeah. line and, and test pieces and most of them just popped off but you'll be glad to hear that with this glue I couldn't break the thing off, break my test piece off <laughs> no matter how hard I tried to. <laughs> I'm pretty confident it's not going anywhere. <laughs> well I'm glad that I could uh, facilitate um, so much learning yeah. and connections with other people. Yeah. yeah. No, it was Especially because I get a banjo Yeah. <laughs> into a whole wonderful event. So yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Thanks for... Um, Thanks for trusting me to do it. Yeah. Well, I was thinking I could play this on a tune a little bit later, but yeah. uh, before we do that... Um... And just, I should also add, for those who are concerned about the banjo in question, I think if, give me half an hour in a room and I could get it back to how it was. So nothing, yeah. nothing is permanent here. Yeah. Nothing was defiled. It was just... Yeah, out. you only made one thing, as far as I know, that yeah. like really... You did drill one hole there is in, one... in this tailpiece. Yes. So that it could... You yeah. kept the original tailpiece at yeah. risk of defiling it, and I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, you can basically buy a tailpiece that looks exactly like that, yeah. but has that one extra hole in it, yeah. so you can have five strings. So I figured rather yeah. than spend 70 bucks on a, something exactly the same with a hole in it, <laughs> we can just maybe make a little hole. I, the banjo uh, gods will forgive us. I, I appreciate how reverent you were about <laughs> the instrument and making an instrument, you know, making you know, modifications that would fit the character. Um, even though I am not a, a particularly reverent person, I'm right. a bit allergic to reverence at this point. Um, but, uh, you, I mean, yeah, you, you, you gave me an instrument, uh, an instrument that I think if people get mad at me, it's their problem. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I was going to go with the purple stain, but in the yeah. end, I thought I'd just match the brown on the body. That'll be the next one I yeah. order from you. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> and and uh, this banjo that you're playing right now, you made this. Yeah, yeah. So this is obviously, uh, this is mostly uh, not radio, but audio. So I'll have to describe it. It's um, an 11 inch Dobson that I actually finished at about 1am last night after equally having it lying around for ages. Um, so yeah, it's uh, very fresh off the press. So everything is still kind of sinking in and, and uh, you know, bedding in as banjos do, but it's a walnut um, block rim for those of you who can't see it, which is pretty much all of you. Well, actually maybe some can. And then a bit of rosewood cap on the rim and on the on the heel of the neck here. Uh, and then it has a slotted headstock. I really like slotted headstocks. They're so great to look at. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of steampunk. I have a little, <laughs> little bit of steampunk tendencies. I don't express them very much, but I. And then a slotted, slotted fifth string as well, which yeah. is definitely steampunk. Although actually, a bit of a pain to work your way around, but it but it awesome. looks really yeah. cool. <laughs> it looks awesome. Yeah. 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 It was funny, you know, talking about 
what kind of neck I wanted, what kind of, you know, headstock I wanted. You, you were, you were very frank about just like a lot of what we want for visual aesthetics on the banjo aren't necessarily always the most like sophisticated machines, you know, for like, uh, being able to reliably, you know, tune it or, uh, yeah. If yeah. we were sensible, we would we would all do what Chris Cool does is just have guitar tuners on a flat paddle head. Yeah, because they're cheap. They work better than just about all of the other ones, yeah. and they're super easy to install. So yeah, that's and that, I guess that's why Deering does that on the on the old time on the old time the good time where everybody begins their banjo careers. Well, I did anyway. Um, yeah, so that has the guitar tuners which work absolutely fine. I think yeah. I mean, but, I think I think Chris. Chris, maybe I'll edit this out. I think Chris Cool just like knows that everyone is looking at him because he's such a stunningly interesting person. Yeah. He could play any banjo, and we're just like looking at his gorgeous silver hair, <laughs> you know. And like, it, yeah, you could play, uh, you know, some sort of dumpster banjo, and like we wouldn't notice. Yeah, yeah. Just... I mean, he has the the those those tuners, and then the the skin as well. I think it used to be. It's I think it was a Renaissance. No, not. I don't know. It's it's not it's not a hide skin. I think it's a. I don't know. I, and we're saying this. I've also know that Chris Cool has said I find banjos really boring. So sorry, Chris. I, I talking about your banjo. I've got to interview him. Oh my goodness, he's so interesting. I'm such a fan from afar. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I, I caught them when they were in town a few weeks ago, which was really fun. So. Well, let's play another tune, and then let's talk about how you got into making banjos and playing banjos. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, what are we gonna do? We could do uh, Snake River Ring? Yeah, let's do that. I think, we're I think all I'm in right tuning. I'm gonna brave the fiddle for this one. Yeah. So this one I learned from I think it was you ever come across a guy called um Zep? I think it's Donald Zep. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was first shopping for my like yes, that was nice band. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like look at just watching a lot of Donald Zep videos. Yeah, yeah this Man, is back in like twenty twelve. Yeah. yeah. Such a lovely player. Oh, yeah. Really, really enjoy his playing. And just and he would just sit there and play lots of different banjos. It was so good to... I mean, I think by the time I got to him, he was just about retiring. Yeah. But yeah, I loved his playing. And then this was a version of Snake River Reel. He was teaching someone, I think, in some YouTube video. Anyway, that's where I got it. Lovely. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. 
I think I maybe first heard that from uh, from Brad Kalodner. I feel like that's such a like a Brad Kalodner tune. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Something a big Brad fan, but yeah. mine was Donald Zepp. Donald Zepp. Yeah. From always tempting to kind of monkey around with that tune a bit to the extent that I can't quite remember how the second half is supposed to There's go. There's so much space in it that yes. it's like yes. it yeah, it's one of those like sections that's such a chord progression tune yeah. in that B part. Yeah. Well I've I'm curious if you fall in line with this with this pattern that I've seen among a lot of uh luthiers, mm-hmm. which is you made your first banjo. Did you do that, or did you buy another banjo first? Oh yeah, I bought several. Okay, great, yeah, great, great. Before I made one, yeah. So you were a musician before you were an instrument yes. maker. Yeah, yeah. Great. So yeah, I, yeah I always, so I guess which we should do first the history of the music. I'll go through the music and then maybe you can fit in the. Yeah, that's so. Good. Yeah, I mean, I learned classical piano as a kid from when I was like five to sort of eighteen-ish. So a lot of piano playing. Um, well, classical, and I was played in, we had a jazz band at school, so I played a bit of trad jazz and that, and, you know, Scott Joplin, that kind of stuff. Um, but at school, I had a physics teacher who played the Northumbrian small pipes. Oh, I don't know if you've ever come across a set of Northumbrian small pipes. I don't think I have. No. no. So it's, a, it's basically a small set of bagpipes, bellows blown, so rather than, unlike the Scottish Highland pipes, which is... Weirdly, what you guys have on St. Patrick's Day, which is Irish. But anyway. <laughs> wait, wait, where's um, Umbria? Where is that? North, uh, Northumberland is... Umberland, sorry. It's yeah. Northumberland, and it's... It's one word? It's one word, and oh, okay. it's kind of the northeastern corner of England. So it's basically the last county before you get to Scotland. Interesting. And it's a beautiful place. It's just an amazing kind of windswept coastlines. And yeah, yeah. Some fascinating local dialects. Like if you went to Newcastle, yeah, and met a real local, that's huh. really really strong dialect so with, I, it, with its own vocabulary as well as as a very strong accent. It's kind of wonderful. I was tempted to ask the question. So technically, like I didn't know that there were English pipes, but it sounds yeah. like maybe that would actually be kind of reductive, you know, to like it is its own culture that maybe got sort of subsumed by a larger. Yeah, I think you cultural you find, identity of English you find people. Yeah, finally, sets different things called border pipes, and I'm and I'm I'm not an absolute expert on bagpipe genealogy or whatever you call it, but they're various border pipes, um, which are generally and the borders being England, Scotland. Yeah, yeah, and um, border pipes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I'm kind of maybe massacring this slightly, but along those lines, you'll certainly find border pipes, and so these are a kind of variety of those and again apologies to any bagpipe experts out there but it's a yeah it's a small set of bellows i've actually never spread any misinformation on this show uh it is always thoroughly fact-checked everyone should take every word spoken on the show as gospel that's all i'm saying exactly yeah, yeah. Great. so i'm just altering bagpipe history here so yeah it's physics usually played not somebody in small pipes very small set of pipes Bell- yeah. bellows blown rather than rather than mouth blown yeah so is, like you're Doing a little, doing the birdie dance. Yeah, yeah. 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 Squeezing with one, while well, squeezing with both arms. One of, yeah, you got to keep the pressure up in the bag, but also pump oh, into the bag with There's the two... other arm. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, the bag under one arm is that's what you squeeze that to make the noise. Yeah, but then you've got to keep pumping air in with the other arms. So interesting. Kind of, yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch. So the Irish, I, I mean, a better known set of board uh, uh, 
bellows blown pipes is the Irish Illan pipes. Sure, yeah, which, I've seen that. Yeah, and that's Heard that very that. haunting sound that you you know, it, wonderful. I mean, it, it looks like a plumbing disaster. It's an incredible instrument, <laughs> just, especially when they've got a full set. You can get sort of you know a set with just one or two drones, yeah. or you can get a full set, which has an amazing variety of tunes and actually yeah. a set of keys that you play with your forearm. Oh my goodness. So you're playing you're playing the tune on the chanter with your fingers, you're squeezing with both arms, but then there are also a set of keys. So the, the drones are quite long and kind of go over your lap. Wow. And there's a set of keys. So I'm getting wildly off topic here. Um so your physics my teacher. physics teacher, yeah. yes. Shout out to Lol Herklotz if you're out there. Um he played the small pipes and tin whistle and guitar. You know, and and you know Irish and English English folk music, and I'd always kind of had a hankering for it. But then, you know, I listened to him play. I was like, "That's what I want to do." So we had a a kind of Irish Kayleigh band at school, and I I started playing the tin whistle and the baron, which is the Irish drum. Yeah. Um, neither of which I can really play anymore. <laughs> it's been too long. Uh, but my first ve- venture into the banjo was tenor banjo. So in Irish music, they use right, yeah, tenor banjo you- to kind of rumble along the tune an octave below the the fiddle yeah um which is wonderful and one day i'm going to make myself a tenor banjo and get back to doing that yeah um, it's such a lovely such a lovely sound yeah. I, wish, I wish i could do it yeah yeah i i kind of used to <laughs> not more i, I kind of got into mandolin play so I, from the irish music i kind of got a bit more into scottish music later on like band strugal nifty was one of my favorites if anyone's come across those out there but Wonderful, and it's a very sort of contemporary approach to Scottish music, and I find there's a lot of that, perhaps more of that in Scottish music than Irish, but I am a bit kind of out of the scenes now, okay, so yeah. I'm maybe doing people in injustice there, but at the time, anyway, some really wonderful kind of contemporary approaches to Scottish traditional music, which took me to the mandolin, because it just fitted better in that music. Um, and then eventually, yeah, we, we, we so we moved to, as you can tell, I'm not from North America. We moved here in 2008 and went actually Vancouver, BC for four years and then, then to Portland. And I, it, uh, my Irish music playing kind of fell off there. Before, I, before we moved, I was living in Bristol in the UK and I'd go and play a lot in pub sessions, Irish and Scottish music. Mm. Um, but it kind of fell off. But then I heard someone, it may have been Brad... Kolodna playing Clawhammer on YouTube and I was like that's what I want to do and yeah. in a way I was like I wish I'd known about Clawhammer 20 years ago because oh. I'd have been doing that right away um, yeah what, what about it was so uh, what you were looking for it's very rhythmical I mean I've always liked reels rather than jig well I mean I like all of the tunes but I was kind of tended to reels in the Irish and Scottish music and, and you know most of the Clawhammer music is very much that kind of four yeah, four square, very rhythmical, which I like. More, but also, it more groove than lift, I yeah. guess maybe. And it accompanies itself really well, Clawhammer. You've got yeah. that kind of space around what you're doing, and it's fun to do it on your own. Yeah. Whereas you know, picking a tune on a mandolin is—I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're you know really good, if you're Sierra Hull or Chris Teeley or whoever, sure, you, sure. Know, you can. Yeah. It sounds amazing for average mortals. Um, you know, I, I you learn to pick a tune, but it's not. Unless you're playing with people, it's a little empty, but Clawhammer sure. is a great thing. It's got that band it. in a box kind of... Yeah, yeah, you just pick it up and you play. I was going to say you play. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can play on your own. And um, it's, yeah, I just, I love that. And just the rhythmic, you know, the fact that you, because of the rhythm of the right hand, 
yeah. you're, you're just, it's that really steady rhythm, the groove to it that I love. Mm. Um, and it's also just fascinates me how much sound, you know, when you watch someone playing claw hammer, especially if you don't know what they're doing, then it's always like, how are they, how do you get all those notes out? And you don't realize there's so much going on in the left hand as well as the right. Yeah, it's so, it's so concealed because it's yeah. all, all the fingers are in the right hand or yeah. underneath. People look like they're barely moving and yet yeah, there's this, you know, so many different, you know, so many elements to it. So, mm. um, and I guess, you know, I always, I, I kind of seek, I realize at this point in my life that I kind of seek more complex stuff. So I think just seeing that complexity and what you could do with the left hand kind of yeah. appealed to me. So. Mm. So that's that was kind of my musical journey in folk music to to um, to claw hammer banjo and um, on the why why am I making them? Um, I mean, I always enjoyed making stuff when I was a kid. I used to you know, take bicycles to pieces and fix them and all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, do stuff around the house, build decks, and you know, I'm, I'm not like a did, builder or anything. <laughs> did you uh, take anything apart as a kid that you weren't supposed to? Yeah, I remember a few things. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you remember what they were? <laughs> uh, when I was really little, my dad had this kind of fancy spray thing. For it's, I mean, it seems like nothing now because I just go and buy a new one for 10 bucks. Sure, what sure. What are you worried about? But, you know, when you're little and you've broken something that's your dad's, you're like, oh, shit, yeah. what have I done? <laughs> so, um, yeah, my dad had this hands. This, this is the earliest thing that I broke by taking it to pieces was this hand spray of my dad's. And I remember kind of screwing it back together. And it didn't work. I'm just leaving it there. <laughs> oh, it broke. Uh, no, entropy. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could possibly have happened there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so yeah, in, I mean, in the in the when I was uh, living in Bristol and playing mandolin, um, I made a good friend through the music who is a I mean, he's a serious mandolin luther. Paul Paul Shippey is his name, and he he lives near Bristol in the UK and makes oh just exquisite mandolins and and. I guess I when I met him, it was sort of earlier in his getting set up as a as a luthier, and he he had this kind of prototype one that he made and sold me for a very good price. So, but I used to just love going to his, you know, it was almost just I just want to see your workshop and what you're doing. Really yeah. fascinating because you know it's just especially when you build. I mean, banjo is one thing; the body is fairly simple to make, but when you're making something, especially when you're carving like a fiddle, there that's that's an art. Um, that's amazing. And in, and actually, thinking of that, another thing that inspired me was I, I studied in Germany. While I was doing my undergraduate, I studied in Germany for a year. And my friend's girlfriend's sister was studying violin making in Cremona, which is where Stradivarius got, you know. Yeah, so, that's the uh, place to do it, yeah. yeah. So we, I think during one of the breaks, we drove down from where we were in Germany to, to Cremona and to visit her and we slept I remember we slept on the floor of her workshop so I was kind of sleeping on this hard floor but staring up at the ceiling of like half carved violin necks and it was just oh so beautiful so I always kind of had it in me that I wanted to try that stuff and then yeah. you know at some point I thought I'll give it a go and I was kind of gradually accumulating the tools off Craigslist until I was ready and then uh, guy called Noel Volstadt put a oh, course sure. on yeah. yeah he set up his course on Facebook which is I think spawned millions of tiny banjo makers yeah but, smart um, yeah <laughs> yeah uh so yeah I, I followed that and you know that that kind of gave me the nudge to actually get on with it and do it um and i know there's you know quite a few other people are building a few banjos who, who did that as well um yeah that's that's 
how I got to where I am. <laughs> well, let's let's play another tune, and then I want to ask you about um, just like the the business of making banjos, especially on the scale that you do, and like how you how you approach that and what you've learned. Right. Uh, but let's play another tune well, first. What a business would be. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's play another tune. And... Yeah. What's What's next? What should we play? Yeah. Let's do uh, trinkerpin hunting. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. And get into I'll the, get, I'll the get the my fiddling out of the way so I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so when, we're, when we were talking about which ones to play, I'm like, I found that recording of Bruce Molsky and a very young or younger Tatiana Hargreaves. And then I, I'm doing him an injustice. I don't know who, who it is that's playing the cello. Uh, Richard Eccleston, yeah. Right, yeah. yes. That pickathon of a number of years yeah. ago. That was. Yeah. I don't know who the guitar is in that yeah. video. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah. they look like they were having a pretty good time. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a fun. It's a fun on purpose tune. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, when when was it that you started? When did you make your first banjo, and what kind of banjo did you make, and uh, why? More importantly, <laughs> uh, well, I did it. Um, well, as I, was, I love making stuff, and I've always liked the banjo, having come through the tenor. I think it was, was an interview with Jason Romero describing his journey, and he was said he was in a pub somewhere, and he just heard someone playing the banjo, and he was like, "Damn!" And and, and then as he put it. You know, some people you just hear a banjo and then you're like, yes, that's it. So yeah. you know, I had that with the tenor banjo in Irish music. Um, 
so you know hence the banjo thing and um so i think the first one i made was probably about 20 18 2019 okay yeah 2020 i mean i'm super slow i've done like six so (laughs) i'm not like a major major producer no one no one need fear um my banjo empire (laughs) impinging on their (laughs) business uh so yeah, and I, I made actually it was a Dobson Kana similar to this. It didn't have a slotted headstock. Um, it had a neck that was probably a little. It takes it takes nerve to carve a neck down, and I can only imagine always yeah. knowing have I gone too far? Have I not gone far enough? Is it thin enough? And it, I probably didn't go quite far enough on that neck. It was it was fairly beefy, but it had a pretty nice sound. Um, it was kind of cherry. Um, um, it seems like for this one, you you definitely got your nerve. It's a, it's a yes. very thin neck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I have to say, I, I kind of you know benchmark against the own this this one, which has a you know they they do a fairly skinny neck, and I like really that. prioritize the playability. And, yeah, yeah, I like that feeling. Yeah. I like one that doesn't get kind of beefy at the bottom. You know, they stay fairly. Yeah, it's, it's like two millimeters thicker here than it is there. Oh wow, nerdy banjo fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I kind of like that that thinner. Thinner profile. Um, yeah, so I, I kept that for a while, but then, you know, you can't keep making them if you don't sell them. <laughs> them so. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and actually, to date, that one is the one that has gone furthest because I kept that for a few years and played it, but then I thought, yeah, it's time to do another. You know, I was making yeah. others and I'd sold them, and all of them have gone to, with the exception of that one, have gone to people I know, you know, friends in, in Portland. So none of them have got much further than. Yeah, not even Troutdale. Yeah. For those on, like, you know, just look up my Troutdale. It's not very far. But anyway, so I thought I stuck this this Dobson that I made on Craigslist, and the guy was like, "Oh, I'll come around and have a look." So sure, yeah, you know, yeah. see you at five o'clock or whatever. And he he drove down from like Vashon Island, so, okay, which is yeah. near Seattle for you know folks not in the area. And I was I was kind of like, "Really, you came all that way <laughs> from my <laughs> country?" So that was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's the first. But then every everyone else has been someone you've known. Yeah. How, how did they know to ask you for a banjo? Well, I mean, they're you know mostly pretty close friends, so that yeah. you know they know that I'm futzing around in the garage doing yeah. this stuff, and a surprising number of them wanted to have yeah. a banjo of their own. So were they already uh, banjo players? Uh, yeah. So one was a guy. One was a guy who played played a lot of guitar and had always kind of thought about playing the banjo, and um, I think I. When I moved on from my good time, I sold him my good time because he he heard Clawhammer and like you know much like many people like damn Clawhammer yes that's the way that's the light I'll do it so I sold him my good time and then yeah then I made another one which was supposed to be for me um, and I, and I said oh come around and play it and he just kind of played it and went how much do you want so it's like oh okay uh, and sorry <laughs> so I don't have that one anymore I and mean, I didn't charge him anything ridiculous but yeah you know. Uh, yeah, it seems like, uh, I mean, I've, I've met a lot of luthiers who don't really play, um, or don't, that's not the main thing that they're yeah. interested in. They're like, their playing is the making of the banjos. And then they're like, yeah, I want to get rid of them. I want to get yeah. around the house and, and see other people play it. them. Yeah. But you actually really like playing. Like you're, yeah. you know, you like study specific banjo pieces and learn how to play them. I imagine it would, and especially when you're not making a ton, of, you don't have a huge output, it would probably yeah. be a little more challenging to like give these 
let these banjos go yeah, live their own they, lives. They've yeah. been with you for months and months while you gradually... You yeah. Know, I mean, like, like you said, I have kids. And actually, I was just saying, I really enjoyed your interview with Nate Kalkin. And I should reach out to Nate. And, yeah, it would be fun to... I did actually meet him once when I was looking for banjos. But I'd really like to get to know him or, you know, chat with him again. Nate, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, Sorry, no obligation though. Yeah. Not trying to, you know, no, I'm all about the show being for <laughs> yeah. matchmaking. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I, I, I do call outs all the time on the show. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, oblige him to anything he doesn't want to do. But um, G- giving away banjos that are, you know, yes. you've, you have a relationship with them. Yeah. So gotta... yeah, you have them around the house a bit, and then, but but you can't you can't keep making them without uh-huh. <laughs> so they got to go. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was there was that one, and then another friend has actually bought two two from me, Corbin, um, who many will know. He kind of gets involved, fairly involved with the uh, the old time gathering. So he's oh yeah, kind of man about town in the old time stuff. Um, so he's he's had a couple, um, but yeah, it, it just it takes time, and I've really forgotten <laughs> this conversation. But, but this uh, yeah. but this one this one's just yours. This, yeah, this is just mine. Just for you. I just built this, and as I said, yeah, yeah. I just finished this last night, and yeah, this one is just for me. Yeah, good. At least until such time as I build another one that's just yeah. for me, and then this one can go on its way. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. Well, that's a nice thing. I mean, you can if you can make them, then you can keep one, and then at some point, you're like, yeah, time to, time to change it up. Is there a story so, behind this this little turtle in, yeah. in the uh, scoop there? Yes. Um, yeah, so this is actually the second banjo I've done with a turtle on it. Yeah. Um, I kind of had in mind one day, maybe when I retire, if I, if I ever get to retire, and this is, you know, this is not my day job, just to be very clear, as you'd hope with selling like five in four years. Uh, but we had a we had a pet turtle at the time who had, she had quite a story. She had been the classroom turtle in my daughter's mm. second grade class, I think. And she'd been in that one classroom for like 20 years with kids poking at her. And then that teacher retired and wanted the, the turtle needed a home because the teacher yeah. was going off in an RV for, you know. So we, we had a turtle for a while. So I was trying to think, you know, what would my what would my company name be? So we came up with Box Turtle Banjos. It's good. Um, and yeah. all I have is the URL. That's it. Um, but this, <laughs> so this turtle logo was designed by a, a friend who's, who's, we're incredibly slowly going through some kind of design work and I, I owe him a banjo for his, Excellent work. So this was his design for a box turtle banjo. It, it's really there. lovely. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like asymmetrical and like, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I mean, he's a true, a wonderful branding artist, and uh, it's like uh, he kind of wanted to reduce the turtle right down to just a, a hexagon, and I wasn't quite ready to go that far uh-huh. just yet. So we, we settled on this. Yeah, um, but it's lovely. Yeah, this is this is just a first trial. I think at some point I'd like to you know, get some stuff that I can get laser cut and just you know just have the logo just kind of in the back somewhere, and then you, you can have whatever, well, whatever inlay you want within the limits of my sure <laughs> somewhat uh, yeah like modest inlay talents. Um, but yeah, so and I did uh, the the banjo I built before this, which is actually it's kind of the sister instrument to this, very similar you know walnut same. Same layout has a has a different turtle design in it as well. So, yeah, probably the last. Well, I don't know it, it, if it gets to be a logo, then it won't be the last turtle banjo. But yeah, yeah I hope to see more out there. Uh, well, do you want to play um, a banjo duet on this Chirps and Williams, and that way I can play yes. the, the banjo that you made me? Right. Yes, and I'm going to switch banjos because this one goes up the neck. And I'm not quite, 
Yeah, you're still uh, ready for fi that. figuring yeah. out the, the up the next yeah. step on that one. Trying to negotiate the slotted third string. Two. Yeah, um, yeah, Matthew. Again, uh, I I love playing this banjo. It yes. feels like it's changing the neurons in my brain, um, and it's so sweet sounding. Um, yeah, so pleased. Oh yeah, I was. You never know how like an old yeah. pot's gonna turn out. So yeah. like, while I was making it, I was like, because the old Mac. I mean, 
with all due respect to the old mech, it was kind of... It was punishing to play a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was not in a great state and it wasn't, it just didn't sound at all good playing yeah. that instrument. So I was like, oh man, so yeah. all this, what happens when we plug the neck in and it sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that first moment when I screwed the neck in, like, okay, I'm throw a bridge on here and put some strings on and oh, let's see what happens. And, yeah. you know, it just kind of this resonant sound came out of that old pop. I was like, oh, thank goodness. It's yeah, I love that it's, yeah. you know, it's like a resonator... Um, but not like a bluegrass resonator. Yeah, it's really warm. A really particular sound. Yeah. I very lightly stuffed it. Right. Which, you know, because I'm playing claw hammer with metal picks. That's what I I'm just needed to, here, so I, yeah, just needed a little bit you. off, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but this neck is so, like, you know, when, when, when you first, uh, uh, gave this to me, I was just like marveling at like, when I don't look at the transition from brass to uh rich light rich light yeah yeah um <laughs> you know i the only difference that i can't feel any it's completely flush and the only difference is the change in resistance yeah you just on feel my finger. Like change in the friction yeah, yeah that's it yeah. and it's yeah i it's it's so phenomenally put together um yeah and uh the tones <laughs> It sounds like yeah. an electric guitar. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you're making wonderful sounds with it. Oh, I like this little yeah. Really great. Yeah. yeah. I've been, I've been growing out my, my left hand fingernail. Right. Jeremy Marcotte showed me that uh, in Australia. <laughs> I guess you got, cause you got to like make sure that string is vibrating fairly freely at the end. Rather than yeah. Soaked up by your finger. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's how they like traditionally do it, you know? And so I'm mostly padding yeah. on the third and fourth string, but then trying to, and I'm trying to grow out my middle finger now yeah. too, but the angle is a little more. Yeah. But it's been so fun, and uh, yeah, and also just like, you know, after all of that, uh, I don't think anyone was truly mad, you know, on that post, but it made me feel <laughs> just so um, uh, petulant, and to have such encouragement to like make a banjo that refused to sit into any kind of binary. Yeah. <laughs> And then to also have, you know, but like, could you just put a non-binary gender symbol on it at the top? It's like my trans banjo. And it's like, uh, it's so great to just uh, have it um, be so beautiful sounding and so uh, baffling to all of the general like categories of like what, you know, it has this vintage tenor pot, uh, you know, it has... Um, it has the brass, but it's not semi-fretless, you yeah. know, and, uh, it's just so good to look at and so good to listen to. And it's right. just so its own thing. And yeah, I just, uh, I'm so grateful that you yeah. were down no, to so, these projects. I'm so glad it worked out so or, well. I, you know, it's just, just I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> plugged it in and it yeah. works pretty good. And the, yeah, I mean, the, the, the shape of the headstock is basically a copy of the old one. So it. You know, that should look period. Yeah, and that it looks up. just like it. Yeah, the stripe down the middle was on the other one as well. So, yeah. Although the, the stripe on the other one was a bit, it had a bit, it was kind of faded in a bit more than that. But I, I just thought, if I try that, I might just wreck it. So I'm just going <laughs> to play, play it fairly straight on the stripe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's um, fun to do. It's so great. I'm so, so grateful. Yeah, it's so good to hear it being, being played. I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of music I'll make. Um, yeah. And it's, it's especially just been good for my brain because like when I, when I first got, uh, this fretless, yeah. this, this tag kit over here, 
um, I was like, oh, I'll have to like really change the way that I play. But then because it's because it's nylon string and you play it with the pads of yeah. your finger, I, I play a lot of very similar stuff and I uh, that I would on a fretted banjo, right. on this banjo, on this nylon string. But on this one, it's just like the tone is so it, it like actually really requires me yeah. to change the way that I play. And it's been really fun. Those, those limitations, uh, because of the way that it's, that it's constructed. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a hoot. Yeah. That, that, uh, old ro rocking chair you, uh, you recorded and put on Instagram. That's so fun. Just the, the upslides and then especially the downslides, like holding a chord and sliding down. Just sounds so rad. <laughs> yeah, I love a yeah a descending slide. Uh, I mean, that's another thing that I feel like I. Brad keeps coming up. I think you know, watching him play, yeah. you know, on fretted and fretless, you know, just how many descending slides he does. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I've been neglecting <laughs> the slide down. <laughs> we yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so yeah, thanks thanks for this. Um, no, yeah. you're very welcome. It was a lot of fun to do. I, yeah. Uh, a really funny interaction that you had, uh, that you and I had very recently was you, as we were planning this, you said, oh, I see that you've added some position markers. <laughs> I would love to make, to actually emulate those for you. Cause I took just some of my, yeah, I figured they're probably just stickers. I could just see dots on it. Like, oh. <laughs> I took this like smiley face sticker and cut it in half and just made a couple dots. Cause I was struggling to find a couple notes and you were so nice about it in the email, but I, I could tell that you're, I was just like, Oh no, he saw it. Oh, no, <laughs> These, like bastardization <laughs> of your work of art. And you were so sweet about it. So yeah, I'm, I'm loath to let it, to, you know, to let it's it go, but I'm, ex but I'm excited to, yeah. uh, uh, have it be even, even more beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't have to do it now. Just whenever you, whenever you've got some downtime and you can manage without it for, I mean, it's, it's not a big deal to, to drop in a couple of dots but also you have to figure out like where you want the bridge because if i put those dots in before yeah. i'm kind of forcing right where your bridge position right. on you and you know your banjo yeah yeah. Nice, so, yeah yeah once you've figured it out <laughs> then you can put yeah, it wherever we'll you talk. want <laughs> well um could equally be you know dots on the front as well but oh yeah interesting well anyway. we'll have to yeah we'll have to talk shop <laughs> yeah so this will be the last tune that we do uh, but before we play that, I wanted to say thanks for doing this. This oh, yeah, is lovely. No, thanks very much for having me. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. It's certainly the first banjo interview I've ever been involved in. So thank well, you. <laughs> there'll be more. Uh, where do people go to follow your banjo making or potentially buy a banjo from you? Patient. Order one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have an Instagram, which right now is just Mr. Matthew Lynn. Um, Matthew with two T's. Lynn is L-Y-N-N. And there's no spaces in any of that, so... Um, yeah, you'll find me there, and I'm kind of probably find me linked from Cameron's Instagram if you can't find me directly. Perfect. So that's yeah, that's what I got. I have a URL for box turtle banjos. Yeah. One of these years, maybe who knows? That'd be something there, but not, <laughs> not yeah. right now. Cool. <laughs> um, cool. So yeah, I just you know just post up occasional shots of building bits or banjos when they're done. So this one will go up there fairly soon. Right on. Yeah, cool. It's too well, fresh. I haven't had the time. You could do the banjonique for this one, and we could jam on a tune for the other one, or um, just jam on a tune for a final tune, and then do banjonique for the yeah. We can track. do um, banjonique. <laughs> Thank you. 
Follow Matthew Lynn on Instagram to see and hear his banjos. I put a link in the show notes. You can support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. That's also linked in the show notes, along with links to sign up for banjo lessons with me. There's also pitchforkbanjo.com, my Clawhammer instructional video series, and cameradoit.com slash store, where you can purchase my archived workshops or sign up for my new workshop, Old Time Songs Part 2, Participation in Old Time Songs Part 1, not a prerequisite. Check out my old time trio, Tall Poppy String Band, and follow us on social media. Return in the Midwest with Swedish trio, Northern Resonance, in April. So if you're in the Midwest, check our tour dates. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cold. Cool.